Hello, I'm Marcelo, the Grumpy Geek, and this is Teka, my clumsy assistant. Together, we will share knowledge in a very different way. Do you know that idea that is not yet clear in your mind? Well, it will soon shine. So, welcome aboard. You were right in the middle. Hey Tucker, how is it going with the cold? Have you noticed I changed the branch model? <laughs> well, Tucker, to be honest, there isn't a correct formula for organizing branches. But in 2010, Vincent Driesen came up with an incredible post named A Successful Git Branching Model. And that kind of became the base foundation for almost every branching model for a long time since that post is a bit outdated these days. Companies created more lightweight models to better fit into a continuous delivery approach, like the GitHub Flow. In our case, the key point we're adopting is to reflect the semantics of our workflow. Good question, Tucker. The semantics is related to what every branch tells us that is relevant to our workflow. Remember when we had a release candidate process? We had a specific branch prefix called release, so every time we were approaching the deploy phase, we had to freeze the code base using a release branch, which means a code that will be very, very close, if not the same as the code in production. Then the develop branch was the bleeding edge state, containing everything that will be present on the next release. Last but not least, we had our master branch which only contains code that we could say was stable, which means we always ship that branch. Exactly. That scenario required a free state of code for us. Our release cadence was yearly, with one month of release phase, so that's why we needed the release branch. We couldn't stop the whole work for a month until we had the release finished, and we couldn't incorporate new features to the release during that period as well. Right now, we do so many deploys per day that we really don't need a release phase like that. Any code that arrives in the repository will go through a series of automated tests to ensure it's stable and secure. If everything is okay, then the deploy happens automatically. Then allow us to have just the master branch, so developers fork the repository, and whenever they have code right to be deployed, they just open a pull request and if the code passes all the tests, it will be deployed. Perfectly conclude, Tekka. We don't ship software anymore. We offer it as a service. That means we no longer have to fetch an old version to backport a security fix or a new feature. Every customer access the same version because, well, it's the same application. So, why not reflect this new scenario in our branch model? That's right! 
a lot of companies still ship software. Frameworks and on-premise platform, for example, can't have this branching model. We don't have this scenario anymore, so we can focus on just one branch of Oracle and let the pipeline prevent us from deploying it. <laughs> yeah, I know, it sounds weird. It seems the pipeline is fighting against us. But it's all related to a change of focus. Do you remember our last talk? About proving we are wrong? I've noticed that when we looked at the pipeline as a way of automating our deployments, we didn't put too much effort into preventing deployment in case the app was not ready. We didn't have this sense of trying to prove we're wrong. But now that we are seeing the pipeline as a way to prove we are wrong, we started to focus more on that instead of how to deploy crap. A pipeline's job now is to actually prevent us from releasing our software. Remember the wise sentence from Dijkstra. Testing shows the presence, not the absence of bugs. For sure, we still make mistakes. But the whole process of pushing changes and see them going live is so fast <laughs> that we can fix error as we call them. No need to create a new branch on the main repository, propagate the change to the current developed branch, feature branch, and so on while we wait for a tedious manual and error-prone Q&A process. We also had tons of frameworks developed in-house, so we had this workflow spread across the whole organization. No, we don't create frameworks anymore. Instead, we're contributing to open-source projects. We don't have resources to maintain internal frameworks. Our customers don't buy our internal tools, so why spend time on that? We'll just accumulate technical debt over time. I agree, Taka. We can boost our productivity by crafting tools for specific problems. But think for a while. Do we really have any specific problem that can't be addressed by any other tool out there, open source or not? <laughs> exactly. Now we can focus on problems that can generate revenue for us. We have a great engineering team and I'm sure we can build a fantastic tool if we have the need for it. But it's not the case right now. By contributing to open source projects, we can give back something valuable to the open source community. Good point, Eka. Creating our own open source project will be nice, but we need to build a community around it to gain traction. That requires an expressive amount of resources, which we don't have. On the other side, if we give valuable contribution to the open source community, we can achieve more visibility than by creating ourselves an open source project. Our software is entirely based on open source technologies, so the best we can do is to contribute to the project we use and if we see the need of creating a new one, we will do. But it's not the case right now. Taka, this actually reminds me of the story behind one of the most important open source projects in the world. <laughs> no, it's not Linux. I said one of the most important and not the most important. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Git. Come on, let's go downstairs and I'll tell you the story behind Git. After some run, of course.
You might remember Tucker, the early days of centralized source code management. Everything had to be stored on a central server, which was the root of a variety of problems, especially the constant context change that was always present in every IT organization. Branches should be the way of handling the context change. It would be nice to have a different branch so we could keep our work in progress intact whenever a new issue arrived. The new branch will hold the context change and be merged when the task was done. The reality, though, was very different. At that time, CVS was widely used at organizations and probably the cause of the high demand for psychiatrist hospitals. That, uh, that crap caused me so many nightmares. <sighs> well, let's say you had to commit three files. If something wrong happened during the process, CVS could do a partial commit or even corrupt the data, which raised some concerns about why a same person would trust such unreliable implementation. Also, according to CVS, renaming or moving files are operations that almost nobody does in real life, so CVS just forget about the whole file history if you do that. But that never happens, <laughs> who needs to rename or move files anyway? Going forward, branch and merge were an unstable atom just waiting to cause chaos. Sometimes we had to reserve a couple of days to just do a single merge. Not to mention the huge cost to create a new branch. Oh, what the hell, CVS is one of those things you're ashamed to tell people you've ever used. I didn't uninstall CVS, I flush it. Even if CVS or its successor, SVN, was okay to use, the centralized approach will still be there as a beast to take down. Having a central repository means everyone will throw their branches there, creating some ugly naming conventions. The network load will raise as more teams start working on the central server, increasing even stupid operations like a diff. Oh, and forget about doing something offline, because you depend on the central server. For sure, that wasn't affecting everyone, but I know a group of people that would be very upset if they had to work with a centralized source code management. The Linux kernel developers. CVS was released in November 1990. Ten years after, SVN was released to relieve people from the pain of using CVS. But uh, it was like banging your head on the wall to forget about your hurt knee. Together with SVN, another source code management, BitKeeper, was launched with a very nice approach. It was distributed. The only problem was the price. There are some great commercial products out there that offer a free license for open source projects, under certain constraints, of course and BitKeeper was one of them. In 2002, Linus Torvalds adopted BitKeeper for the Linux kernel, but not everyone agreed with the decision. <laughs> and we know what happens when people disagree on the internet, right? Long story short, in 2005, BitKeeper was no longer used for the Linux kernel, and Linus Torvalds decided to look for a source code management that had mainly three qualities. Quoting his own words, 
if you're not distributed, you're not worth using. If you perform badly, you're not worth using. And if you cannot guarantee that the stuff I put comes out exactly the same, you're not worth using. Basically, that defines what CVS would never ever do. Again, quoting Linus words. So, on April 3rd, 2005, Linus started coding his new open source distributed fast and reliable source code management, Git. Three days after, he announced his effort and one day after the announcement, Git was responsible for versioning Git. Of course, no graphical interface was coded in those four days. In fact, Linus was more concerned on the merging feature rather than building a nice and crispy interface, which he wouldn't be able to accomplish anyway. The first merge using Git was done 11 days after, and another 11 days after that, the performance of Git was considered good for the great mission it was fated to face, to become the source code management for the Linux kernel. Well, that took less than the time for CVS to create a branch. On June 16th of the same year, 2005, the Linux kernel started to be versioned using Git. That changed not only how Linux was developed, but also how open source projects could reach more contributors. Linus created a core engine for collaboration, and that was possible mainly because Git was designed to be distributed. But for that to happen, Junior Amano took the lead of Git development to turn it to a tool that more mortals could use. What I really like about Git is how fast I can switch context. When I was using the other SCM, which I refuse to say the name again, it had to switch context, I had to save the files on another location or remember to not commit them. Of course, I could create a branch, but then I had to choose a branch name with some prefix so we didn't clash with someone else's branch and also be dependent on the network and ooh, the merge. Oh. So, the more people started to push things into the centralized SCM, the more it became slow. It wasn't a pleasant experience, I would say. We started to become afraid of dealing with context changes, which are basically the only constant we have in the IT business. Imagine this. Every time a new task arrives, you have to put your stuff in the drawer to clean the desk. On centralized systems, the drawer is a shared one, located a bit far away from you. On distributed systems, you have your own drawer. Now that I'm using Git, I can just create a new branch whenever I need to change context, because it's easy to merge it later. Linus hit the bullseye when he said that branching isn't the real problem, merging is. What's the big deal about creating a branch if merging it requires 42 yoga sessions in a nearby hospital? Another aspect I love is the forking module. Git is distributed so it kind of encourages everybody to have their own repository where they can work without messing with the central one. 
we don't even need to bother about commit access since they will do stuff in their own copy and whenever they finish the work, they just ask the central repository to merge the work. This is how we work in a distributed way. Worth to mention that we didn't flip the switch abruptly as I would love to do. We had to take it easy, so early developers like me started to use the Git SVN branch. Oh damn, I said the name. Yeah, okay. We were having a good time using Git, while the others were having nightmares with their emergent conflicts, network dependencies, accumulated stress and broken marriages. Then they became curious about us because we were not under stress. It was our chance to finally knock some sense on everybody. Of course, it wasn't easy for them to get used to Git. We had our first challenge of the concept of tracking the whole content versus tracking files. Git tracks the content of your work, which means it doesn't care about the files in the same way the other SCMs do. So our team had some troubles understanding that they couldn't have an empty folder stored in Git like they were used to have in SVN. Yeah, tech, uh, yeah, I'm fine. That caused some issues on legacy systems, but it was really easy to fix as we just had to place a .gitkeep file under the empty folders, that's it. As we were gaining traction, the systems started to evolve as people could create local branches to test new features and do aggressive refactors. Hotfixes were so less painful because we could create a branch for them and merge the fix back to the developed branch. Now we're using just one branch, but it's too awesome to use Git because all the experimental work still happens on our local branches. Remember that I told you about semantics? Well, we use some special branch names to push code to a specific environment for experiments. We don't have to select which branch we'll fetch for a side quest in the automation systems. We just push the branch under a special name. Instead of all the automation parts to change and track a specific content, we mark that content using a special term that makes sense to the business, and the automation parts take care of the rest. Teka, Git helped us not only to deal with technical challenges, but also to be more business-oriented. That was the cherry on the cake. <laughs> no, Teka. That's not what get cherry picking means. <laughs> <laughs>